guys. Welcome back to Gaming Trim Podcast. This is your host, Erica. And this is John. <laughs> uh, we are finally doing this episode after weeks about talking about it. Uh, we're doing it, and we're doing it well. Oh, that just sounds dirty. <laughs> This week, we are going to be talking about the new Pokemon Snap, and the old one, too. I'm not ready to be snapped. Snap, snap, snap. Thanos, snap. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and just get into some Game On. Game On! The new Pokemon Snap is yet another example of Nintendo reviving a beloved title for a new audience, and one that will undoubtedly attract the attention of those who played the original back in 1999. Yes, that's a long time, people. A long <laughs> time. The game takes place in the new Lentil region, composed of islands of varying environments such as the beach or the forest. How very clever the names. <laughs> no, and it's a saying, like, this came back, uh, this was originally on the Nintendo 64. So we're talking about monster difference in graphics and whatnot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're not just going by, hey, check out the polygon count on this. <laughs> At its core, new Pokemon Snap is fundamentally the same as the original Pokemon Snap. You're on the rails, you have items at your disposal to help you get better pictures, and at the end, your photos are graded by the professor. But it's not entirely accurate to say that the new Pokemon Snap is identical to its predecessor. So let's take a look at the biggest changes in Pokemon Snap compared to the original. Oh, yes, because, you know, you're still a kid in the game, but this time, the adults let you go out at night with all the wild animals that can eat you. But new to the Pokemon Snap are night versions of the courses. At night, you'll encounter different Pokemon and a variety of new poses for Pokemon that were there during the day. For example, an executor who was walking around during the day can be found sleeping instead. And it's great because you get extra points for getting all these different poses. You get to unlock different things. I mean, I, I love that they have pretty much a whole entire video game in the video game. <laughs> oh, yes. Like in the original game and with enough points, you'll be able to access the next level. In the new Pokemon Snap, we have what's called research levels. To raise your research level, you have to earn expedition points. Your best bet is to run through the course again and keep taking photos, even of Pokemon you've already snapped, and submit them for a rating at the end of the course. Even if it's the same star rating, the points will accrue going to the point total. Also, speaking of the photo grading, though, that's calculated a little differently this time around, although it's still the same idea. Both games judged the pose and the size of the Pokemon, while the original Snap created something called Technique, which is replaced by Direction and Placement in the new Snap. The original Snap gave you points if you had more of the same Pokemon in the shop, but new to the new one gives you extra points if there are more Pokemon in the shop, regardless of what the Pokemon is. And I think that's a great add-on, because before, yeah, you would if you're like in a territory, you would have the same Pokemon all next to each other. But now you can gain more points because you're on a different point system, you know, to get to those different levels. So it's great that they added that change. Oh, yeah. But you also got to remember, though, back in with the original staff, there's only 151. Now there's, what, 10,000? <laughs> back in the original game, you were only catching pictures of 60 Pokemon. And this new game, there's over 200. Oh, God. <laughs> or if you can still throw rocks at them. But anyways, the new Snap also grades the background, but you don't always have control over that. However, the critical difference in the new Snap gives you a star rating between 1 and 4 for each photo. The new dynamic and interesting Pokemon actions are, the higher the star rating will get. 
Which is pretty good, you know, a great add-on to this game, unlike its predecessor, where you can only keep 60 images in your Pokedex. While with this one, you can expand your memory for all your loved photos, so go out and buy those micro SD cards <laughs> that are Nintendo licensed. It's like microtransactions in real life. Was this made by EA? <laughs> so, I mean, you don't have to buy the Nintendo expandable memory ones. Um, I didn't. I bought some because they were on sale during Black Friday. Uh, but you don't have to necessarily, okay? But I do love that you can keep way more than 60 photos, okay? At the end of the course, all of your photos are graded by the professor. Unlock a set of tools that would enable you to take better photos. Edible fluff fruit, glowing alumina orbs, a music player, a scanning feature that will sometimes spark unique reactions, and an accelerator that will help you catch up with fast Pokemon. In the previous snap, they called it Turbo. In this one, we call it Dash. Oh, that means go fast. Gotta go fast. <laughs> You'll find plenty of use for all of these, but of the entire toolkit, the Illumina Orbs are perhaps the most surprising. The most obvious use is to activate Crystal Bloom flowers that can attract Pokemon or even trigger changes in a course. You can also just throw them right at Pokemon to make them glow. And again, that goes into unlocking positions, making them do unique moves, which gives you better pictures and better grading. Or if you just want to hit one with a rock. <laughs> A lot of Pokemon won't really react to being hit with these orbs beyond glowing, but don't get discouraged. A handful of Pokemon will have huge surprising reactions to being hit. Now, there are some key differences, right? Uh, we have the music player instead of the Poke Flute, and the Poke Flute would actually wake up sleeping Pokemon. So that was like a huge thing in the last game. So this one, it's a lot cuter. It doesn't disturb the Pokemon. Uh, you get more from it. And fun fact, we have fluff fruit instead of pester balls, like in the original, because game creators wanted the players to treat the Pokemon more humanely. Uh, in the original game, we had the pester balls, which pretty much knocked out the Pokemon. Um, so I like I like that they put that in there. It was it was still, you had to continue on with the Safari Zone. <laughs> Don't forget, you can always connect to the internet and share your favorite photos with other new Pokemon Snap players. You can award the picks because they like the best with a sweet medal. Oh, yeah. Get those sweet medals all right. All over the place. This medal's raining. You can also edit your photos in a pleasing number of ways using the resnap feature and photo editing options, which lets you add filters, change the exposure, or place fun stickers on your photo, just like you would in Snapchat. You need a Nintendo Switch online subscription to access the online functionality, sadly, but you can still share your Pokemon pics the standard way. Take a screenshot and share it to social media. <laughs> um, the, the Nintendo online feature, I think it's only $10 a year or something like that. It's not insanely, it's like 10 or $20, not insane amount of money. And it goes towards a lot of Nintendo video games. I love that they put in the resnap feature. In the original game, if you took a picture, that was it. That was in your Pokedex. That was all you're getting. But with the resnap feature, you go in and you edit the picture, you zoom in, you can add stickers, which are adorable, put little sticker hats on creatures. You know, I love it. Add captions. It's adorable. And like you said, it's like, you know, Instagram all over again. In the new Pokemon Snap, you can customize your characters from the start. You can choose different genders, hair colors, and skin colors. However, 
outside the eight preset options. There's no further customizations for things like clothes or accessories, which is a bit unfortunate given how much recent Pokemon games allowed you such opportunities. I think that's the one downside about this game that I didn't understand. All the new Pokemon games, like clothes, accessories, you know, anything. This game has eight set characters that you can choose from. So yes, you know, you're not Todd Snap anymore, but I think they could have done more. Yeah, granted, you don't really see your character all that much. So, you know. I see it in the little scenes, okay? And I care. It's you. I know you care, (laughs) but the majority of ones just want to go around there and throw the glowing balls at Adam, see him sparkle, and then hit him with a rock. (laughs) See if it turns into a disco ball. But the new snap also features an expanded story of characters, though. But you're still here trying to help out the professor with research photos. This time around, you are searching for something more specific called the Illumina Phenomena. And yeah, we're not giving any spoilers on that one. Yeah, so pretty much the same thing, right? Professor Mir instead of Professor Oak. We have Rita, the research assistant. Phil, who is supposed to be some kind of rival, but there's not really much any rivaling going on with these photos. And lastly, a fifth character, but no spoilers. No, I'm not going to spoil that at all. <laughs> the new Snap steps up to the overall presentation with voice acting for all its characters. It's somewhat limited to crucial scenes, but the fact that it's here is pretty cool. But if that's not your thing, though, you can always turn off the voice acting. I love it. This game was a solid remake. They didn't veer too far off of the original. They added great new components, like the fluff fruit, which I mentioned before, which, again, I love how the creators just wanted to be, you know, nicer to the Pokemon, less aggressive. You know, this is, you know, 2020-something, so I love it. It's a good, solid game, and I love the pictures. I love how vivid the pictures are. They're not grainy. It's a game that you can play for 20 minutes, drop it, pick it up later, or a game you can play for hours. Oh, yeah. For me, it's more of like, you know, a little safari, 20 minutes at a time. A little little escape. Go snap some photos and then come back and do other things. And if you really like Pokemon Snap, uh, they have a lot of goodies on Nintendo Online. Um, Are you on Nintendo Rewards? Uh, I was on their first edition and then they shut that down and I haven't had a chance to... I logged back in, but I forgot my password. So it's been a while. <laughs> so if you go to Nintendo Rewards, uh, what you do is you earn points by looking at articles, playing mini games. Uh, they change weekly, monthly, etc. Um, and you earn points. And with those points, you can buy exclusive Nintendo Club merchandise. Uh, I just bought a Nintendo pen set. And then right now they have Pokemon Snap frames and the new Pokemon Snap clear zipper case set. Totally adorable. They also, a couple weeks ago, they had some Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield ballpoint pin set. Definitely check it out. My.nintendo.com. Free to sign up. You only have to pay for shipping, which is like five bucks. These are, again, my Nintendo Club exclusives. So even if you want to sell them later on, you'll get some money back. Everybody loves exclusives. Now, as much as we love this game, why don't we go into Shut Up and Take My Money? Shut Up and Take My Money! Oh, you're going to love this. Okay. The Ninebot Go-Kart Grow. This wonderful thing has a top speed that can be set in the app at 23 miles an hour. And that's level four of the four different preset limiters you can put on it. You have the safe speed, which is five. You have the intermediate, which is, I believe it was 11. 12. 11. 
another one at 17 and then 23 miles an hour but yeah and they can go for 15 miles on a charge holy crap i really want one of these things but they can also be disassembled down to a basic mobility scooter these little guys are essentially track ready the gross weight is 150 pounds they can easily carry a rider up to 220 I'm kind of out of the weight limit on this one. It'll probably go, but I'll probably have to beef up the bearings on it just because they'll shatter. Normally it goes for about $2,000, but right now it's on sale for $1,600. Such a savings. <laughs> well, right now it is on sale for about $1,800. Oh, it went up. Okay. Yes, it did go up. <laughs> but uh, you can pay a monthly rate as low as $83.06. I mean, it looks like... Mario go-kart. It looks like an actual go-kart. It's nice. It's silver and black. I don't know. It's very simple. Uh, I don't I don't think I would spend $1,800. I think I'd rather just buy like a golf cart. Yeah, golf carts cost more. Yeah, but they go faster too. But you can't drift in a golf cart. You can drift <laughs> in this. Plus, no, yeah. does, does your golf cart, would the golf cart come with a Bluetooth speaker to listen to music? or to simulate different engine noises? No, it doesn't. There is still some assembly required. Comes about 90% assembled, just have to attach a couple of things, especially the steering wheel, which is removable. And what's really bad is the, this thing has no suspension. <laughs> no. <laughs> At all. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And it only has like a 15 mile range. I mean, it's- You can do a lot in 15 miles. It sounds like okay, but you would just use this to, Go to your friend's house down the street or go to the corner store down the block. I mean, you can actually buy like way cooler, cooler go-karts than this. And if you really have a go-kart urge, you can go to one of those little arcade centers and just play around the racetrack or whatever. <laughs> no, it's not the same. You want to be at bumper level with every single vehicle on the road. But there is one modifier for this thing you can do. Okay. Um, it does have a mo wheel housing, which is you can modify to upgrade the beefier tires instead of the street slicks, now $1,800. This thing is comparable to a 150cc go-kart. It fast. Yeah, like I said, it's it's nice looking. It's cool looking. I just, I can't see myself paying $1,800 for it. I really couldn't. <laughs> but that's me. But that leads <laughs> us into... Just in time for summer, we have the Spire 2 water weapon. Be prepared for super fast water blasts that explode all around you. Water gun battles will never be the same. What happens if you lock a bunch of really talented engineers and designers who also turn out to be avid water gun enthusiasts into a workshop? Spire 2 happens. It utilizes USB Type-C charging. Double action trigger forward allows it to suck up water and reload in just 12 seconds flat. That's insane. And the regular pullback shot, like a typical water gun, but with some force, <laughs> you can actually feel the recoil with a max range of 30 feet. Or if you hold the trigger for three seconds, it does a shotgun-like blast with a max range of 46 feet. Uh, the battery can last up to 90 water load cycles, roughly 2,000 shots. All of this for one fifty nine. Now, this is insane. Okay, like this one, I could actually, like, I would spend money. No, we're not going to use money. We're going to cash out our doge, and we're going to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> I could buy more than a, more than one for my, with my doge, okay? Oh, I can too, <laughs> but we just need one each. <laughs> so this reminds me, I mean, exactly like the Halo assault rifle. Yes. 
It has a digital readout for how many how many shots you have left and everything. It's amazing. If you go online right now, you can actually get 5% off. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. It is on pre-order. You know, it's that. You get red or blue, and you can buy single or double. Single, $159. Two is $299. And I love that as an extra, you can get something called a Spira base. On a water fight adventure into the wild, you need a sturdy base, not an unhandy and uncooled tin bucket. So it's just a bag where you can put your water in it and it's just easier to upload. No stream or lake can compare to the base. Never get cut off from your water source. Let's see how much that sucker is. Again, you can put red or blue and the base is only $30. Only. It's leak-proof, foldable, lightweight. So no more having to carry around a Walmart bag bag full of water <laughs> you have this <laughs> the size folded is 11 inches by 7.5 inches by 1.4 inches size unfolded is 11.8 inches by 11.8 by 7.1 and it can hold a volume of 507 ounces 128 uh, okay it's so about four gallons or four point something gallons yeah and all this of course free delivery but yeah this is definitely something we need to get yes i i wholeheartedly believe once it's out of pre-order i'm definitely gonna buy it (laughs) now as crazy as those suckers look let's get into some crazy news with nani okay this one scares me it scares me immensely i did not know this was happening oh i knew this was gonna happen it just i i thought the program got got squashed but the U.S. first open-air genetically modified mosquitoes have taken flight. Oh, I remember the things they're talking about this like engineering to be all female, but we've seen Jurassic Park. The first genetically modified mosquitoes were allowed to fly free outdoors in the United States while reaching the age of mating in the Florida Keys. In a test of the biotech company Oxtex GM, male mosquitoes for pest control, these, oh God, they have to use the actual Latin name. <laughs> 80s, whatever. It's mosquito (laughs) in Latin. (laughs) Sorry, growing from tiny eggs set out in toaster-sized hexagonal boxes on suburban private properties in late April. On May 12th, experiment monitors confirmed that males have matured enough to start flying off on their own to court American female mosquitoes. Those are the ones that actually bite. They're vicious. They're evil. But there's nothing like Texas mosquitoes, which you can hear them beat the air as they come towards you. This short-term Florida experiment marks the first outdoor test in the United States of a strain of GM male mosquitoes as a highly targeted pest control strategy. This strain is engineered to shrink local populations of... Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. And this specific mosquito species spreads dengue and Zika. Uh, I'm just thinking that the problems that this thing is having, it's like reading another article for this, something similar to this. It was like... Boston had like being known as the rat city of the central city of the U.S. The way they do unleash a thousand feral cats into the city. It's insane. (laughs) The mosquitoes now waving distinctively masculine, which is extra fluffy antenna in Florida, carry genetic add-ons that block development in females. No female larvae should survive to adulthood in the wild, says molecular biologist Nathan Rose, um, which is Ozotech's chief of regulatory affairs. Uh, half the released males' sons, however, will carry dad's daughter-killing trait. <laughs> That's, uh, okay, this son. So we're doing late term. So now what they're going to do, they're going to institute late term abortions right. on all of these oh mosquitoes. Oh, my gosh. 
the son of the bad dads can go on to trick a new generation of females into unwise mating decisions. Oh my god, this is like don't don't, don't date that guy. He's just gonna ruin your life. <laughs> don't date him. No, he's bad for you. We can tell. Trust me. Trust me. I'm your new biological bioengineer daddy. <laughs> You see how he's extra fluffy? Look at him. You can tell he's GM. Apart from the logo that's stitched onto the side of him. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it was a long debate. I, I don't know, man. It's in Florida. Things are genetically modified. All I can see is very bad things happening. Because again, we are in Florida here. I uh, are we? I, what, what's gonna happen? What's well, going to happen? So we, we've had movies that, that told this, you know, <laughs> Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World, and Jurassic World 2. I mean, this is insane. I genetically modified animals just scare me. Especially these. It's like, remember when they were like using some special like pesticide to kill off mosquitoes, but it was killing the honeybees as well? Yes. And they tested that in Georgia of all places. This is going to be the same thing. So it's going to create some super strain of mosquito that can't be killed, but you have to be really big enough to use a shotgun on. Those are the ones that are going to end up over here in Houston. This is this is what started Star Troopers. Yes, Starship Troopers. Yes, <laughs> a good bug's a dead bug. <laughs> Would you like to know more? Next, we have Pokemon trading cards that are removed from Target and Walmart shelves. This this is absolutely insane. The last draw for Target was there was a parking lot fight in Target. Um, and there was a gun. There was some words. I mean, it's insane how these trading cards are just... And it's not just Pokemon. It's also like oh. NFL, NBA, like all that stuff. Like oh, it's no, all I, being I, gone. I can, I can attest to this because, yeah, like... Even the Magic the Gathering cards were gone. Pokemon trading cards are worth more now than ever before. Thanks to the rise in popularity in trading cards across the board, there's also been a rise in collectors acting badly, leading the stores taking action. Customers visiting Walmart and Target stores this past week saw signs saying NFL, MLB, NBA, Pokemon, and other trading cards have been removed from shelves. A sign at Walmart says it suspended the selling of cards because of inappropriate customer behavior, which I can attest to these signs. Target says safety for its employees and customers is the reason it removed trading cards from stores. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's insane. And, and it's not just collectors. These are people who are flipping. Okay? I mean, I, I know people, scalpers. I know other people, right? They'll buy packs. Uh, they'll return packs, taking out the good stuff. I mean, it, it's just insane what these people do. It's it's just crazy. And every time a new set comes out, every time there's... Ah, they, they go they go crazy. I remember a couple months ago, we heard about one person in our Houston area where there was one guy going to each and every Target and Walmart oh, yeah. buying all those new Pokemon sets. And he was being called out in every one of our gaming, nerd, pop culture communities. I, I think I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah, no names, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really sad. I have a son. He loves going to these little sections. He loves looking at all the cards, all the packs, seeing what's there. Uh, for little kids and actual fans who just like to selectively collect, who collect only, you know, oh, I like this, maybe I like that, trying out things. It's different in person and then online. Oh, yeah, because you, you actually have that tactile sensation like right. I, this will be mine and so i it, it it really does suck that society is horrible <laughs> yeah the, the world is burning to the ground but still like 
Why the Magic the Gathering cards? No one's ever fought over Magic the Gathering. Well, first of all, Magic the Gathering cards, some of like the old ones are super valuable. And so as you can imagine, ones that you collect now, the rare ones, if you just hold on for them to, you know, 10, 15 years, they'll be just as valuable. Oh, yeah. It's always fun, too, whenever I do play against other people in Magic the Gathering. Like, what's What generation are you playing with? Fifth. You're old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it, it's it's insanely uh, my my husband. He's super. He used to be super into Magic the Gathering. Um, he was in Pro Tours. He was like number two in the world. Uh, for a different category, there's different categories that they have. Uh, so he's like a solid Magic player, and he's like, it can get crazy. It can get crazy. Yeah, but that's in the tours no just like with the cards the card collecting the card pricing um because he stopped for a hot minute uh and he realized that so many of his cards were worth so much money um his friends were like hey we haven't played the same amount of time or my card's worth anything and he's like they're worth so much money and so card collecting in general is just insane it's so many (laughs) (laughs) ebay is banning the sale of adult video games oh say it ain't so it's ebay like they sell everything on june 15th global auction site ebay will be implementing a new adult items policy and it goes a lot harder on mature content than simply outlawing the sale of pornography the site's new guidelines take a huge step towards banning or greatly restricting the sale of all kinds of sexual content, from art to dildos. But the listeners of this podcast might be interested in these particular rules. The following items are not allowed. Adult items with content that is illegal. Items that do not comply with our illegal explicit content policy. Sexually oriented materials included items containing nudity and displays of sexual activities are not allowed. This includes the following adult films, and video games with a range of X, triple X, R18, or unrated for an adults-only audience. Sexually explicit anime, comics, books, films, animation, manga, hentai, and yeah, what? Oh, what? It, it became insane as soon as you said hentai. <laughs> yes, because- Yes, okay. for women getting penetrated by octopus tentacles. <laughs> Sexually explicit anime and comics. Like, <laughs> we, I mean, there's, like, come on. eBay is also removing the adults-only category, which means items in the adult-only video game category are no longer permitted on eBay. The site's explanation for the crackdown says, we want to make adult items available to those who wish to purchase them and can do so legally, while preventing those who do not wish to view or purchase these items from easily accessing them. I mean... Like other people have been talking about this, this is it's really sad for artists who do all kinds of art, fan art. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, fortunately, I do. <laughs> it's a huge market, and there's a lot of people that you and I both know that um, they make money from doing that. Oh yeah, that's why you see them at we'll see them at cons, but they'll have post-it notes over the things. But yeah, uh, this is eBay, like. When you sign up, you have to put in your information. Uh, if you don't want to look at it, don't look at it. Like, I, I just I just think this is ridiculous because this is pushing people to go on Macari, which I hate. Uh, go on Amazon, which is overly priced. And then Craigslist, which is just, I don't know, you're going to get shot or killed or shanked. I, I just like... No, no, you can ship, st- you can ship stuff on, on Craigslist, but it's just like... 
when you get like the the, the hentai comics, will the pages stick together? I I trust eBay, but I feel like eBay keeps doing these weird policies that make me hate it more and more and more. Their payout policy is weird. They don't really work directly with PayPal anymore. I, I just, what is eBay doing, y'all? I wish I knew. I really do, because the last thing I bought on eBay was um, an enamel pin I paid $18 for. But that is it, guys. That is our episode. Uh, please like, subscribe, tune in to our podcast anywhere where you listen to them. Uh, that's iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, all of that good stuff. I mean, anywhere you listen to stuff, we're going to be there, okay? You can follow me anywhere at The Raging Erica. And you can follow me everywhere at Dogfin Studios. And if you have any ideas of where to buy hentai for Erica, please send us an email at podcast at gamingtrend.com. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Our boss is going to get these emails and he's like, Erica, what'd you say on the podcast? <laughs> oh, no, it's, you'll just tell, I'll tell him point blank, hey, it was me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>